If you've been wishing, hoping, and dreaming about taking your business from six figures to multi-six figures or multi-six figures to seven figures, then I wanna make sure you get our new free guide, the multi-six and seven-figure scaling roadmap. Inside the guide, I pulled back the curtains and I shared all the strategies that I used and they can help you too. First, they can help you triple your monthly sales. I shared proven strategies with you that led to a 3X increase in my monthly sales. Second, I show you exactly how to crush your limiting beliefs. Say goodbye to doubts like, you can't charge that much and there aren't enough ideal clients for you too. Third, how to only work with ideal clients. I show you how to become the go-to expert and attract only the perfect clients and referrals. And finally, I show you how to quantum leap to $20,000 plus every single month. I show you exactly how to take a quantum leap from 8,000 per month, for example, to 20,000 a month. You can absolutely break through your upper limit barrier and enjoy five and six figure months every single month. Make 2024 your dream come true year by downloading your free guide today. Just click the link in the show notes below. Welcome to Quantum Revenue Expansion, where we keep you motivated, inspired, and thinking big. Up-leveling into quantum revenue is a choice that we can all make in any moment and then continue to make that choice to stay in that space each day. On this podcast, Ursula will share revenue growth strategies to reach your next level and introduce you to CEOs just like you who are making it happen. What's your next quantum leap going to be? See it, own it, and take that first step. If this is you, then Ursula wants to invite you to join us at the next 2X Intensive now. Go to salescoachnow.com slash apply. You're listening to Quantum Revenue Expansion with your host, Ursula Menchez. Let's go. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Quantum Revenue Expansion, the podcast. You're back for part two. Two. This is the seven saboteurs of scaling your business with Ursula and Rebecca. She is back. I'm super excited to have her back with us. If you missed part one, I guarantee you need to go back and listen to it because some of what we're going to talk about won't make as much sense. For those of you who were hanging out with us last week, remember we talked about um, the challenges, the saboteurs of marketing confusion, not tracking and also not understanding your target market. So again, if you haven't listened, go back, listen to that one first, because this will make more sense. <clears throat> Excuse me. So with that, we're just going to dive in because I want to make sure we have, we have four more saboteurs that we want to cover. So Rebecca, we left off, you know, really digging into target market, who it is, who it's not, what can shift once you're really clear on that. And you started to hint at this idea of value versus price. Yeah. Because we hear from some of our clients, we're like, oh, you know, they, they have this new target client, they have this new high level package they want to sell. And then they're like, no one can afford this, or they're not going to pay for it, right? Yeah. For all of you, like how many of you have had that come up? So Rebecca, let's just, let's dive in. Where do you want to start with value versus price? Yeah, it really dovetails onto what we finished the last episode with, which was knowing really understanding your target market. And, you know, I talked about, you know, knowing what's going on for them, right? Because if you've heard me before, I say we only spend money for two reasons and two reasons only. You solve a problem or you meet a need. That's it. 
So if I'm your target market and I know what my problem or my need is, that's where we start assessing value. So um, I think I've told this story before, but uh, I was coaching someone once and uh, he was an acupuncturist and he'd been in business for 21 years. So he had a new marketing campaign that he was launching where new clients got a session for $21. And I was like, oh, so you just are using dirty needles. <laughs> and he was like offended. And I'm like, here's the thing though. Anyone that understands anything to do with acupuncture knows that that service, depending on where you live, could be anywhere between 60 and $150. Right. Just paying. So, you know, it's like me, you know, running up to you on the street and saying, hey, here's a Lamborghini. I'll sell it to you for five grand. You know, your first thought is like, what's wrong with that? So you've got to be able to price yourself where value is. And how do you know what the value of what you offer is? Well, that goes back to the end of last episode when we talked about really understanding your target market. That's why it's so important. And, you know, I think I'm going to go against a lot of gurus out there, which I try not to, but I'll tell you, for me personally, nothing drives me crazy when someone prices something at $10,000 and then they apply all this stuff to it and it's like $9.99. Right. We saw that recently. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, well, really, it's not worth $10,000. I don't know how you operate your business on a 90% discount. Right. Except for jewelry. For some reason, jewelry always is on sale at 50% off. I don't understand that one, but I coach someone in the jewelry business. They can tell me, but that that's really where you've got to figure what is this worth? You know, if someone has this problem, what's it worth to them to get it solved? Or if someone has a need. Okay. So I don't like cleaning my house. I definitely don't do the bathroom. In 12 years since I've been married, I've only had to clean the toilet twice. That's it. And if I have to go get another client, or actually if I just had to go drive Uber to pay for someone (laughs) to do the cleaning, I would do it. That is highly valuable to me for someone else to do it. So really when you're thinking about your pricing, that's it. And hopefully, you know, when we talk about price too, is we get so hung up on it because price means what am I worth? And I need you to throw that out the window. Price has nothing to do with what you're worth. And that's, you know, on the side anyways. Uh, Because someone could, I've seen other people um, say, well, I'm worth $400 an hour. So that's what I'm going to charge. Not if you don't show the value of $400 an hour for the person. Right. So understanding your target market, like we talked at the last one, will help you decide what they value so that you can price it correctly. And Ursula, I love when someone's like, how much do I charge for something? I love how you walk them through the lowest and the highest. Can you exercises to come up with the price when people are stuck? Yeah. So years ago, a coach, one of my coaches um, taught this to me. And the idea is to ask yourself, you know, let's say you have a new program you want to offer. And just ask, what's the least that I would charge for this? And what's the most? And I I love to add in, you know, the least would be, I would deliver it. I would show up. I'd feel a little bit like, eh, you know, I'm not that excited about delivering it or selling it. Whereas the most I would, you know, the most I would charge, I would show up like the rock star that I know I am bringing all my energy, my A game plus, 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 right. And then usually 
And that moment, there's a number in between where you're most aligned because the truth is you have to be aligned or no one's going to buy it. Like they're going to feel like it's out of alignment with you. But if you're not at that high price yet, however, do, doing that exercise expands you to that next level. And for most of our clients, like they'll, they'll find a spot in the, the middle. So let's say, you know, the least I would charge for something is 5,000. The most is 10,000. Maybe we get, a, you know, we've worked with a lot of service providers and, and maybe in the middle of that, it's 7,500, right? It's a stretch, but I still believe I can sell it at that level. Fast forward three months, I'm probably selling it at 10,000. And then I'm doing this exercise again. The lowest is 10,000 now. The highest is probably 20,000. And it has to work with your, it has to work with your target market, of course. But it's also the better you get at solving problems and meeting needs for your clients, the more you can charge. It's why there's people in the coaching industry, some very well-known names I've heard charge a million dollars to email them a year, right? A million a year. So because the People want that connection, right? They value that so much. So just know that you have to start where you are. So what's the least and the most? And over time, you can you can increase your prices as you feel called to do. Yeah. And I'm going to touch on something because I already know there's a few people out there that are like, but I have a product business and I can't sure. do that for my product. But here's the thing. If you're thinking about pricing just in general, right, on this scale, like this is the least expensive, this is the most expensive, what I see is so many people fight down here. Oh, they so fight good. around here, um, especially on some service businesses like sprinkler repair or um, plumbing or whatever. And the, the issue is, is only one person can be the cheapest, right? So there's a lot of dog fighting going on here. My advice is to get up here somewhere in the 60 to 75 percentile, because you have to remember, too, is we value what we pay for. Right. Mm -hmm. So yeah. you're fighting to be the lowest. You're you're like in this realm, in this realm. And if you're just that's all you're concerned about and not again, who your target market is and what they're experiencing. If anything goes wrong, then someone's like, well, I just got what I paid for. And you don't want to be in that dogfight in that realm of everyone trying to fight to be the lowest and get the most business here. Go be up here in the 65 to 75% because then I'm going to feel good about what I paid. When I get the cheapest and, you know, there's always something in the back of my mind that's like, I'm getting this really cheap. I hope it's what I think it is. And then you almost like create a psychology of them having a listening for it not being what they wanted or not being the best that they settled. And I'll tell you what, as humans, we don't want to settle. Now I understand also as humans, we want to get the most for the least amount, but do you notice I didn't say a dollar amount there. I just want to get the most for the least amount. So get really confident in what you offer and get really clear on the value and then price it in that 60 to 75%. Okay. Yeah. And I'll, and you know what, Ursula and I do that. We're not the most expensive business coaches out there, but we're not the cheapest. And we probably get told a lot that, wow, you guys are a good value. That's great. And then we like adjust pricing as we need to for supply and demand and what the value is at what we're offering. So when we pick up extra certifications, when we tweak our programs and maybe add more support or add something else, the price is going to adjust, is going to reflect that. But that, that is where you want to be. So value versus price, again, mm -hmm. is understanding your target market and the problem you solve and the need that you meet for them and that they understand that. And then pricing yourself accordingly 
where it's not about what you're worth. It's about what, what it means to have that problem or need solved for them. And just because you wouldn't pay X amount of dollars, right? Like some people are like, I can't believe you would pay someone to clean your house. I can do that. Or I enjoy doing laundry. Great. Then, you know, that that's your, that's going to be reflective for you as a consumer. Right. So that's again, why it's so important to understand who your target market is, because once you understand what they value, the sale, you guys is so easy because they value it. And then they say, you know, a lot of times you don't even have to ask for the sale. If you actually point out the value and that you're solving the problem for them. And they're like, yeah, that is my problem. That is worth it. How do I get started? That's like the easiest way to do sales. And that's how you get there is that addressing that value that they understand that. Yeah. Excellent. One of my favorite sayings and quotes comes out of Master Networks. He's one of our great partners. And Chaz Wilson says this a lot. He's the founder of um, Master Networks. And I know others in the community say it. And I love it. They say, we pay attention to what we pay for. Mm-hmm. And you want people to pay attention to what you're charging, right? We, you want to be in alignment with it, which ties perfectly to Rebecca. Let's, let's go to the next saboteur, which is we don't ask for the sale. We don't yeah. ask for it, right? We do a lot of things. We, we've done all the marketing, the networking, all the things. And now we're having this, the sales conversation, especially for people in service-based businesses or product-based businesses where it's a higher ticket amount. And you do have to have that sales conversation, but we don't ask. So, so many things like we're going to, this is like the, um, the mini version of sales camp, right? In a little, in a little box right here. So Rebecca, why don't we ask for the sale? Like what stops us? Hey CEOs, it's Ursula stopping by because I have a question for you. Are you ready to 2X your revenue, your monthly revenue and shave 10 or more hours off your work week? If yes, you need to be at the next 2X intensive course. And by clicking on the link in the show notes, you can schedule a private session with me to talk about how the 2X intensive will help you. So just fill out the application below and Trisha will schedule a conversation for us. One of our clients said that in the first 10 minutes of the private coaching call that you received before the 2X intensive, she made them more than paid for the class. Another client shaved off 21 hours per week for a total of 84 hours a month that she was able to put back into her calendar to work on her business. Another client just reported that he has taken 40 hours off his work week after taking the 2X intensive and has grown a multi-million dollar company. So if this is of interest to you, fill out the application below. That application will get to Trisha and Trisha will schedule a private 30 minute call for you and I to talk about how the 2X intensive can help you. Can't wait to see you there. Can't wait to connect soon. Oh my gosh, a lot of things. Number one, we've totally petered out after so much marketing. And we think that we've given them so much reason to buy that it should totally occur to them that that is the next step because we turn into such great storytellers. And then this, and then this, and then this, like we just keep adding because we don't like silence. (laughs) So that's number one is we actually get tired because we just marketed our guts out. And number two, we're afraid of the price. We don't want to ask for money because what we say is, we think what we're saying is buy me. And so no one wants to hear, no, I don't want to buy you. So then we just don't ask. And we just really hope that they know 
that that's the next step. And the thing is, is we get marketed to so much and a lot of us don't like it. And this is because people don't market correctly. Right. Um, and so like you go down the mall and there's all those kiosks in the middle, which Ursula likes those. I like, so they know that Ursula is their target market. But me, I'm like, don't talk to me. <laughs> Especially when they got like the, what is it? The hair street. They're just like looking towards me. And I'm just like, don't need it. <laughs> right. But, and then they go farther. Like, well, surely someone in your life has long hair. That <laughs> right. Like that's just a little bit of desperation. We don't like that. And so we don't want to appear that way. Um, but again, if you're following what we're talking about, if you've connected with the right person and you understand the problem or the need, it shouldn't be a big deal to ask for the sale. So a lot of it is the psychology of rejection gets in our way of not wanting to be a pushy salesperson. I will tell you though, I'll, for almost all of you, if you're having a conversation with somebody, they're probably interested because all of us have one thing in common, and that is a limited amount of time. So, you know, if you've marketed correctly and you're talking to somebody, they do want to buy for you. They're just waiting for those signals, right? That you're solving their problem and you're meeting their need. And then that you say the next step is, or where we go from here, or let's get something on the calendar. When would you start? When would you like to start? And how would you like to pay? That's one of my favorites that I heard, you know, from a mentor. But that is, you've got to ask for the sale. And here's the thing, you've got to be prepared for the no. And then two things happen at the no. Either it's just really a no, and it was like a weird one off. I don't know how we got in the sales conversation, which is very, very rare. And the other no is I just don't have enough information to say right. yes. Or you didn't qualify me and it's like, I'll say yes later, but now's not the time to say yes. And so really it's being able to take the personal thing out of it and not devalue yourself. When we hear no, we think, oh, I'm asking too much money or, you know, a lot of people actually have a hard time even explaining what they do. Yeah. And, that, and when I have someone that can't explain what they do, that's because they don't understand the target market. They don't know the problem or need that they solve. And they don't know how to talk about it. They don't know how to talk about what they do, which, you know, then you're not going to get the sales. So if you really have lined up what we've been talking about, about the right target market and having enough ways to market and doing it in a way that's relatable with their experience, understanding the problem you solve or the need that you meet, asking for the sale is really easy. So again, it's, we teach a lot sequentially. So if you're having a problem asking for the sale, it might be, you know, reviewing those other things. Are you talking to the right person? Do you understand the problem you solve, the need that you meet? And now you understand the value versus price. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, within sales camp, we now have digital sales camp, which is, is on the website. And we cover some of this in um, the Twix Intensive as well. But big picture, remember, you're not trying to convince anyone of anything, right? Like if you're in the convincing game, you're going to lose every time. So when you want to take a step back, and, you know, what Rebecca was talking about is, you know, powerful as you're getting to the close and the end of the sale. One of the things to remember is that selling is not telling. I think Brian Tracy said that first and I said a version of that. Selling is not telling. Selling is really about asking questions. Selling is about understanding what someone's problem even is. And we love to tell our clients, like if you had a couple open-ended questions, and this is so important, right? a couple open-ended questions and you let someone talk for an hour to you, they'd probably buy whatever you're selling at the end. They'd probably buy the pen that's in your hand, right? 
because you've listened to them. And so be thinking about that. What are two open-ended questions you could ask that would get the conversation kicked off and allow the person to begin to share with you? They already know what you do, right? If you're there having a conversation, that's a buying side, right? They probably want what you have. They're looking for a couple of things. They're looking about, they're looking to figure out if they're going to disqualify you and your product and, or if what you have is really going to solve their problem or meet their need. That's what, that's all they're looking for. And here's, here's another piece of this. You want to be confident that you can solve their problem. The second you don't feel confident that you can solve their problem, they're going to sense that it's not going to be anything you say. It's going to be how you say it. And they're out. Even if they say yes, that sale will probably fall out like the next day. We see this, like if you're, if you're not in alignment with it. So believe in what you're doing, believe that what you can do can offer them will solve their problem. That confidence, people buy confidence. They buy your confidence that you can meet their need or solve their problem. And it, it happens at a, sub, a much more subconscious level. Like we're having this big old sales conversation, right? And we think all this stuff is happening. No, they're feeling into what you're saying. They're getting a sense of who you are. Are you confident? Do they trust you? Do they like you? All of that's happening. That's why when I go to the mall, the Mall of America, and I walk by kiosks, right? And I'm talking with people. If somebody's super confident and they're grabbing my attention, I'm probably going to buy what they have. The best salespeople in the world, let me say this, shout out to Girl Scouts of America. They train their sales women, ladies, girls so well, because here's what they ask. They don't say, do you want cookies? They're like, which cookies would you want? How many boxes would you like to take home with you today? I think that's almost exactly like, how many boxes do you want to take home with you today? Right. And I'm like, here's my cash. They're, they're cash only business. Right. And it's amazing to see people pulling out the cash. Do I need more Girl Scout cookies in my freezer? No, not really, but I'm going to buy them. I've, I've left with boxes. If someone's a great salesperson, I'm going to buy from them. So just remember that confidence sells. And the other thing I want you to write down is this. If rejection scares you, because I've been there, like no one wants to know, I want you to write down, I am a professionally persistent problem solver. Get the salesperson out of your head. Get all that garbage about who salespeople are and how terrible they are and all the nasty stuff we think about salespeople. Put it aside and just say, I'm a professionally persistent problem solver. And if I can meet your need or solve your problem, I'm going to do that. And if I can't, I'm going to refer you to somebody else. Rebecca and I practice that. We practice that every time we have a sales conversation with our clients, our prospective clients. And we say that, like, if we can help you, great. If we can solve your problem, meet your need, get you to your 2X or your 10X, we're going to do that with you. If you're in alignment with our values and we're a good fit. If we're not, we're going to refer you to somebody else to start to have that conversation. Are you ready to finally let go of the limiting beliefs and blocks that are holding you back in your life? career, business, or relationships? I'm so excited to introduce you to Anna LaRai of Sparkles of Love. Anna LaRai is a life change agent who assists clients in remembering their own magnificence by bringing through the newest and highest energies, processes, and activation for you. Take the next step by downloading a free clearing meditation at sparklesoflove.love. Anything else? I think we, we really covered that one. Horses beaten. Okay. So <laughs> jumping in, um, we've talked about marketing. We've talked about sales. We've talked about really growing your business. And then there can be times we see this happen where people just hit a wall. I've hit a wall. Rebecca's hit a wall. 
And in that moment, you hit a wall. It's like nothing seems to be working. My marketing's not working. My sales conversations are terrible. <laughs> People that I thought were going to become like jump on board, they're not converting. Like something is off. And our tendency can be to get into blame mode. Yeah. Blame others, blame yeah. the economy, blame the pandemic, blame my coach, blame my mentor, blame my teacher, blame my spouse, blame my kids, blame whoever, blame my dog, right? Whatever it is on that day. And as humans, it's easy to do that because that's our ego protecting us, right? Our ego wants to keep us safe. And so safety means I'm going to blame other people. And again, like we've all done it. I've done it. Rebecca's done it. Like this is a community of blame that can come up. And here's what we just want to share with you about it. I know Rebecca has a lot to say about this. Blaming will keep you stuck. Mm-hmm. Having your own business, like if you want to grow a seven figure business, you've got to step into a hundred percent personal responsibility. Like it is all on me. It doesn't mean I'm not going to ask for help. But without personal responsibility, without taking this on, without saying that this is where the buck stops, you're not going to get there. It's going to be so challenging. So Rebecca, what do you want to add about the blame game that we can play sometimes and how it keeps us stuck? Yeah, I mean, a lot of times it includes, and I think this one too, uh, people use a lot because it's so, um, what's the word I'm thinking of? And there's a lot of ambiguity, uh, the market right? Like the economy, interest rates, recession, inflation, right? Like somehow when there's not good economic news, for some reason we feel like, well, then that's why I'm not selling. The thing is, is there's a part of economics that's always good, right? Even in inflation, there's a lot of businesses that are going to make a lot of money because of inflation. And I'm not talking like credit card companies because interest rates go up right. when thing as humans, when things happen and create needs, then those sales go up. Right. So um, video conferencing became very popular with uh, the, uh, the pandemic, um, you know, uh, cars, you know, chip manufacturers. So we live in a time, I think it's so interesting. We live in a time where, uh, a lot of people weren't working during the pandemic or a lot of things happened financially. And yet people, if you pay MRSP for a car right now, you got a good deal. Like three years ago, if you paid MRSP, you were an idiot. (laughs) No one paid sticker for a car. Now, if you can get sticker, you're a genius because most people are actually willing to pay a bus sticker for a car. And that just goes back to the needs and the wants and the value and the price. So, you know, when we're in bad economic times, there's a lot, a good chunk of people that figure out how to make more money than they've ever made before. So my favorite is when people blame the economy or interest rates or whatever, you might have to change the way that you charge or the way that you collect or come up with something different, but people are always spending. There's a sector that's always spending. There's something that we always want. And so um, just like be aware of that because ambiguously saying, oh, it's the economy, that's why I'm not selling or it's the pandemic, that's no one's going out anymore. Yeah, there are things that go away that never come back. But, you know, good business people figure out how to adapt. Yeah. 
And so learning how to adapt, and I totally take the challenge, you know, if you have a specific business and you're like, nope, it's not going to survive this, or I can't adapt it, shoot me an email, put a comment here. Like I would totally be willing to do that. I've, you know, as long as I've been around, I've been in business and pandemics and recessions and inflation, there's people still spending money. A lot of it. Yeah, for sure. So that, that's what I would say to that is don't, don't let that ambiguity, you know, get you frustrated. Like let's dig in and figure out what's not working about the business, where the gaps are, and let's adapt and fill those gaps and get you making money. Yeah. And since Rebecca put the challenge out there, anyone who wants to take advantage of a 30 minute VIP coaching session with Rebecca about their business and getting it to the next level. If you're not a current client yet, you can email us at contact at Ursula and we'll have our contact information in the show notes. Um, we'd love to, we'd love to talk to you about it. And yeah. truly, if you're not hanging out in a community of CEOs and other business owners where this is the conversation that's happening, we want to invite you into this community. We want to make sure we're supporting you. And when you look in the show notes, you can see we have a Facebook group, Quantum Revenue Expansion Facebook group. So much greatness is happening in there from you know our, our community members and what they're sharing. You get to promote your business on Talum Tuesday. And just be part of this positive message because things probably will get a little bit wonky again in the next six months. Like as we work our way through this, don't be alone out there. Find those communities and have those conversations. All right. So the last number seven, if you've been keeping track, number seven, our seventh saboteur is about the idea that we don't manage our time. We just don't, we don't manage it. Time is a man-made construct. It's, it's also one of Rebecca's favorite topics, I think, to think about. And I was listening, um, you know, just recently, I, I'm always listening to, you know, how to manage your time better and all of these pieces. And I'm reminded all the time that, that we just make it up like time, time is made up. And so then we make up all these other stories about how we don't have enough time. And we see this happen a lot with our clients, right? When certain things aren't being prioritized and therefore they're drowning in other areas. So Rebecca, let's hear your, your words of wisdom around time. Can we manage it? Is it possible? Well, yes, because it's a, it's a difference between us managing time or time managing us. Are you living proactively or reactively? Yeah. If you're living reactively, then time's managing you. You are on a hamster wheel, you get burnt out. Um, and it's just, it, I think it's just, uh, it's kind of confusing because it's a throwback from the industrial age. Mm-hmm. Like even a lot of things are changing. We're even talking about school. Do kids really need to be in school all day? Do, you know, are uh, the average person in an office is actually only productive two hours a day. So there was something about the industrial age that taught us that we had this block of time. And if we spent that block of time, then that would equal success, right? If you're in school all day, then you should be able to graduate and go to the next thing and the next thing. If you clock in at eight and clock out at five, then that's how you get your shelter and your food and stuff taken care of. You know, I would say that that concept went out at least 10 years ago. And there's a lot of people that just hang on to it. Like if I put in the work, I'm going to get the reward, right? There's so many of those things. We just... We don't live in that world anymore. And if anything, there's extremes that show us not like you've got TikTok stars and influencers and, 
you know, that are making millions of dollars and they're not putting the time, which just pisses a lot of people off, but <laughs> especially Gen Xers. Yeah. If you can push that to the side and just understand again, it, it all flows with what we've been talking about value and price, the problem you solve, the need that you meet. Um, I had a good friend that told a story um, about this manufacturing plant that all, all of a sudden shut down and the manager couldn't figure out what was wrong. And he called in an expert that knew, you know, how manufacturing plants worked. And he uh, listened to the problem and he walked up and he took out a screwdriver and he turned a screw, you know, a half inch and everything started working. And the manager was like, oh my gosh, thank you so much. Like, yeah, just send me a bill. And he, and the guy did, and it was $10,000. And the manager is like, uh, I don't know how I'm going to get this paid. Like all you did was turn a screw. Like, can you give me some, something else? Like I got to turn this in to get paid. And the guy's like, no problem. And he turned it in and um, the CEO or whoever paid it. And on the invoice, it said, you know, uh, you know, turning the screw, um, you know, a hundred dollars, knowing which screw to turn $9,900. <laughs> so it's really like, and that, because the plant wouldn't have been able to work. So really focusing on the problem you solve, the need that you meet, making sure it's valuable, that it goes to the right person. Those are the things you should be working on. Not like, hey, if I just work really hard, I'm going to make money. The problem about that is, number one, if you do have the biggest month you've ever had and you can't answer the question, I know how I did that. I know what that work was or what the sequence was. You'll never be able to duplicate it. And you can actually not measure working hard right at all because if you work your hardest on a day that you're healthy versus working your hardest on a day that you're sick it's not going to be the same effort <laughs> so really getting back in charge of your time and we teach this like you'll get a version of it at 2x and then with our coaching clients I actually go through a process called the 720 process where I get you to take back your time you know I, the pushback we always get is this is why I'm an entrepreneur I don't want to be managed and when you talk about managing my time, now I don't have the freedom that I want. Well, I'm going to challenge that because do you have the freedom that you want working all the time? Or if you say you have the freedom right now, but you're not making the money you want to be making, now we still have an issue with time. So really want to drive home that I believe it's part of the formula that Ursula talks about in making the money and helping you guys find out what the formula is for your business time is part of that. What do you want? And we can tell tons and tons of stories. We've got a real estate agent that took 13 vacations one year where, and that's an industry where you think you have to be on all the time because the client rules the time, the client rules the time. I bought a house and I'd been working with the agent for three years. And it wasn't until we sat in my closed house with a glass of champagne that I found out he was actually a full-time teacher. I had no idea the whole entire time. I just thought that he was working for me <laughs> when he was like, let's meet at four o'clock and look at three houses because school got out at three. And I didn't even realize that. So taking back your time, being proactive about it will be one of the most rewarding, satisfying things that you can do. And it will help with that confidence because none of us want to feel like we're just in servitude. Yeah. Being in service doesn't mean servitude. So what are you being a servant to? Time your clients, your prospects, marketing, like what beliefs, right? Limiting beliefs. If you know Ursula, you know that we'll get in and tackle those limiting beliefs that you have around time or other things, value, worth. But um, controlling time in a way, 
right? We can't control all time. And when we talk about it, I just want you to do 80%. If you can control 80% of your time, you're doing really, really well. Because of course there's things that happen, um, things that we don't control. Sometimes we just need to clear our schedule because of whatever. Um, but really changing how you view time, reacting to it versus being proactive is gonna shift a lot in your mindset just right there. Yeah, awesome. Thank you for that. I think we're going to wrap up there. That was another, we've already, we're over 30 minutes. We're over our short time. We've covered a lot. I mean, we've covered everything from marketing confusion to tracking your marketing, right? Your results. We talked about understanding your target market. We talked about value versus price. We talked about asking for the sale confidently. We also talked about personal responsibility and why that's so important and how that can help catapult you forward. I, one thing I want to add about that is when you take full personal responsibility, the universe responds to that and shows up for you. That's such a big thing. When you're in blame mode, the energy is so backwards. It's like, it just keeps circling around what you don't want. When you get into like, this is up to me, I'm going to make it happen. The universe will meet you there. It's exactly how we work with our clients as well. And then of course we close talking about, about time. I highly recommend you listen to this one and the other one, um, part one, again, hopefully this really helps give you a boost right now. And again, Putting it out there, I, I love this idea. Rebecca made the offer, so you can email us. We'll give a handful of complimentary sessions away. 30 minutes with Rebecca, contact at UrsulaInc.co. This is for new clients, of course. Um, we'd love to support you on any of these ideas. So if something triggered and you're like, that's not me, or there's no way, or I'm freaking about, out about the economy, or I've just been stuck at the same income ceiling for the last two years, mm -hmm. we want to talk to you about it. We want to support you through that. So Rebecca, final words today. Come play with us at 2X. You, it'll definitely give you a shift that you're looking for. Um, and if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, I think you have a good idea of like who we're about, who Ursula's about, and how much we just love this conversation. We love up-leveling you where you're at in your business. So we'd love to see you at 2X. Awesome. Perfect. We'll put that in the show notes as well. You can go to UrsulaInc.co forward slash apply. Send us your details. And by the way, for being a podcast listener, you get a super special secret price to come to the 2x intensive but you got to email us um to find out all right that's it rebecca thanks for hanging out with us we appreciate awesome. you always we'll so much fun too. yeah and for our listeners all over the world you are amazing thanks for hanging out thanks for continuing to spend this time with us please share the show with someone who um, mm. could use our support as well right now all right everybody that's it for this week have a great week we'll see you soon Thank you for joining us today. And if you are ready to make your next quantum leap, let's do it. Ursula invites you to join us at the 2X Intensive. Go to salescoachnow.com apply. Don't forget to leave us a review on your favorite podcast app.